Are you ready to take the mystery out of the security clearance? This episode is a part of my Military Creator Con mini-series, where I highlight all of the amazing people I met at Military Creator Con. In this episode, we talk to a security clearance expert who will tell us what to do with a security clearance, how to get one, and what does a security clearance do or mean in the virtual job market. If you're ready to learn all about security clearances, tune in. We're starting this conversation right now. Welcome to the Burt Force Podcast. Our show helps active duty military spouses land virtual careers. Each week, we'll be uncovering the secrets of virtual work to help get you hashtag hired. If you want income sustainable from anywhere in the world, this is the show for you. We are bringing you everything from juicy job opportunities to advice on how to glow up for a virtual interview. And now let's meet our host. She's the change maker responsible for getting over 700 military spouses hashtag hired and making a $15 million impact in the military community. Burt Force founder, professional speaker, remote staff augmentation specialist, visionary. Here's our host, Kimber Hill. Hey, Vertforce. I've got another incredible guest for you today. He is an obstacle race champion. Quirky thing about him, because he came from a military family and then he joined the military, he moved every two years until he was 40. He is incredibly proud of his side business, Red Bike Publishing, which specializes in security clearance training, and he has a phenomenal new book out called The Insider's Guide to Security Clearances, Get the Clearance, Land the Job. Please welcome Jeff Bennett. Hi, thank you. I really appreciate you inviting me on your show, and I can't wait to do it. I'd love to uh, be a guest on people's shows and love what Vertforce does. Thank you so much, Jeff. So Vertforce listeners, a little bit about my new friendship with Jeff. Jeff is living in Huntsville, Alabama, which is where I am from and where uh, my spouse and I got married. That's the recruiting office where he joined the Navy. And that's also where I got my master's degree. Jeff teaches at UAH or, or has taught at UAH where I I pursued my master's of information systems, and I just so happen to run into him at PodFest 2020, Military Creator Con 2020 in Orlando, Florida. I said it earlier, he's a veteran and he's really into security clearances. I know that many of our military spouses are into government contracting, already hold security clearances. And if you are a veteran, you also are a transitioning service member. You're also coming out of the military with a clearance. So I wanted to bring Jeff onto the show to talk to us a little bit about what we need to know approaching the workforce with a clearance. So Jeff, tell us a little bit about your inside information into getting clearances, landing jobs. You're the guru. Educate us. All right. So uh, you mentioned a couple of different potential audiences who might have different kinds of questions. And one of them are the people who are leaving the military 
and to get a job in the civilian industry. Some of them are already coming out with a security clearance. And the good thing about that is if your security clearance is current, meaning that you've had your investigation is up to date, you can transition your clearance to a new job within two years. Um, if you go beyond that two years, your security clearance will expire. So if you not sure what you want to do, because a lot of us don't when we get out, we sometimes get out without having that follow on job. It happens. Um, you've got time to find that right job. And if it is a security cleared job, uh, your, tra- your security clearance will transition over. The good thing about security clearances is the government oversight wants them to be reciprocal. If you get cleared by the Navy, the clearance is also good in the Army. And it's also good at a cleared defense contractor or if you become a um, civilian, which is a term of a government employee, you, you become a government civilian in, in a um, or a government agency. And so um, those are opportunities to further use your security clearance. That's amazing. Yeah, so it it works out pretty well. So you're saying there's hope. Absolutely. Because we talked to a lot of transitioning service members and even military spouses who have been cleared, but because of a PCS, they've lost that job. So, But you're explaining that you've got a 24-month window to obtain a new position with a new clearance. Not a new clearance, but with the same clearance. That that's correct. Um, you you don't have to get a new clearance after that as long as it's within that twenty four month period. Uh, you should be able to transition with no problem. If it goes beyond that period, you'll just need to start the the reinvestigation will be started, and that'd be up to the company to bring you in. Usually, if the company's big enough, they'll bring you in and assign you to a position where you don't get access to classified information and then put you in for a new clearance. And security clearances are expensive to companies, aren't they? No, they're free, actually. <laughs> what? Yes, the, 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 the companies don't pay for security clearances. Oh. It is a taxpayer burden. And so I, I try to figure out how much a security clearance costs. And so if you take a professional working 2,000 hours a year uh-huh. and, and use their salary, maybe multiply it by two, People may be doing an investigation. That's about how much the security clearance costs. It can go anywhere from two hundred something thousand to five hundred thousand. To be clear, that is just the labor that's required by the investigators. Uh-huh. So when you get when you get a security clearance, you know you have people who are called the facility security officer. They run the security clearance, or they have they oversee the security clearance for the clear defense contractor facility. Mm -hmm. And then so when an employee comes in and they don't have a clearance um, and they get hired and go through that clearance process, Mm -hmm. the administrator, the FSO, who's the administrator will submit their security clearance. Then that security clearance will be picked up by the investigation agency and they'll sign agents to go investigate that person's background. Um, and that is based on the SF-86. It's the standard form 86. And it's a security clearance application. That's a layman's term for it. Security clearance application where you go through. It says it takes about 90 minutes to fill out, but it takes a long time to fill oh, out. Oh, yeah. If you've ever filled one out, it's it can take you days. It can because unless... One thing I recommend is before you fill it out, or if you know that you want to do this kind of work, go online and download a form. 
and then fill it out on your own. Mm -hmm. uh, you, you don't have to put all the privacy information in there, but um, like your name, social security number and stuff mm -hmm. until you're ready to submit it. But you want to start gathering together all your addresses for the past seven to 10 years, all the places that you've worked, the people that you've known. Um, and then, so that's the things that you can control having that list and you'll want to get names, addresses, and um, telephone numbers. And so you'll put that on your form. And then it has all those other questions. Um, they want to know about your um, married life. They want to know about your family members. So you'll need all of that information and the family members of your spouse as well. So it's a rather lengthy form, takes more than 90 minutes to fill out. Mm -hmm. And so the good thing is once you fill it out, it should be there all the time. And so when you come up for your next uh, security clearance reinvestigation, you just go online and update it. That's amazing. You know, I, I think I've had a clearance for five years and I don't recall ever having to update it. So when, when, when you come up for um, your security clearance reinvestigation, mm -hmm. the facility security officer will send you, um, they'll be giving a notice in the systems called JPass that you need uh, you need to update your clearance. And so she'll send you a message that, that you should be getting that um, security clearance request started. And so you get a link to where that SF-86 is and you can start filling it out again. Okay, listeners, let's take a quick break and hear from our sponsors over at Nonprofit Megaphone. Nonprofit Megaphone is a digital marketing company working exclusively with nonprofits to help them share their message through a program called the Google Ad Grant. The Google Ad Grant gives nonprofits $10,000 a month to spend on ads in Google search. As a 100% remote employer, Nonprofit Megaphone is honored to already employ a number of military spouses and they're hoping to hire more. Anyone who is detail-oriented, hardworking, a quick learner, and has a passion for nonprofits is encouraged to apply. Nonprofit Megaphone provides very robust training, so no prior experience is required. You can catch their open job listings on jobs.vertforce.us or check them out at nonprofitmegaphone.com. We're so thrilled to be working with this organization. Let's get back to the show. So listeners, if you can't tell, Jeff is an absolute guru on security clearances. So we know that we're getting some incredibly insightful information from him on this topic. So going back to the career market and moving from one position to another, let's say you have like a low level security clearance and you, can you apply to positions that require higher level security clearances? And in general, how do you navigate that conversation of the job listing may say top secret security clearance required or secret security clearance required? You know, you can pass it, right? You, you know that you're communication abilities and your background are capable of passing that, but should you apply? Absolutely. I would not let the clearance level required stop me from applying from any job. That's my advice. 
what is really important is your skill level. What you should be communicating is your ability to do the job and do it right and do it better than anybody else. Once you sell yourself to your employer, they can determine whether or not they want to take the risk of hiring you and then waiting for your clearance to come through. And sometimes it is a, um, an easy risk for people because they can assign you to other positions as you wait for about a year to get your clearance back. Many times you can get an interim security clearance and that can come back within hours and days. Mm-hmm. And so when that happens, for example, if you get a secret clearance and it's an interim secret, you can work on secret projects as long as they're straight vanilla secret. Um, <laughs> there are some there are some classification levels that are higher, but but normally uh, when you're dealing with classified information, in general, you're dealing with confidential, which is the lowest secret, which causes could potentially cause serious. Um, damage to national security or top secret, which could cause extremely grave damage to national security. So those are the three classification levels. And yeah, you can, if you have no clearance, you can still apply for a top secret job. Or if you have a um, confidential clearance, you can still apply for that secret or top secret job. That's awesome. So if you don't have any security clearance at all, should you still apply? Absolutely. The uh, jobs are announced to everybody. Mm -hmm. And so if you're able to get that job announcement and it says you need a clearance, apply for that job. Don't let the fact that you don't have a clearance stop you because as, as you and I talked about earlier, you have to have the clearance first before you can work on classified information. So if everybody waited to have a clearance, nobody would have a job. (laughs) Yeah, right. That's what's so confusing to me about clearances. And I wondered for so long, can you clear yourself? Like, can you invest in yourself and get your own clearance? And you explained this well earlier. Do you want to go ahead and take that response now? Yes. So there are two avenues for getting a security clearance. One is it's called the facility security clearance. And these are your, um, These are your captains of industry. These are the cleared contractor facilities, such as the organizations we work for. The best way to get a facility clearance is to partner up with somebody who already has a facility clearance. Mm -hmm. You know, you you do your teaming agreements or you become a subcontractor to another prime contractor because they value your work and your skills. And then once you have that relationship, they can sponsor your company For example, Jeff Bennett Enterprises, for example, they could sponsor Jeff Bennett Enterprises for a clearance. And Jeff Bennett Enterprises would have to make sure its senior people would be able to get a clearance. And then so the organization can be sponsored by another contractor or a government entity. Mm -hmm. And then once that sponsorship goes through, the company gets investigated and gets and a decision is made whether or not that company is trustworthy and they're granted a clearance based on that decision. So Let me go back to the company. The company, anybody can bid on a classified contract. The only requirement is to be a defense contractor with a cage code. I can't remember what the cage code stands for, but you get a code from the government designating that you are a defense contractor. So you're eligible to um, bid on defense contracts. The fact that you don't have a clearance doesn't matter at this point. You can bid on that contract, and then whoever's awarding the contract can make sure that you that your company gets put in for that clearance. Got it. Yeah. So for employees, it's a little bit different. Um, you're going in without a clearance 
and you're getting hired to do the job without a clearance and you're waiting for that clearance to be awarded before you can mm-hmm. start start work. I believe that's the component that I'm most familiar with. And what I see often is you can join the company and they can provide you a limited amount of work to do, but the real job can't really start until your clearance is approved. And your clearance can take anywhere from, um, I've seen it go take a longer than six months before, which is interesting because the company has to pay you during during that full time frame, right? They can't just say you're a tentative hire. We're going to start your your process. It's you've got to start working. And in those situations, um, uh, an applicant may have more success going with a large company mm-hmm. that can absorb them into that company. Um, for example, if you go to a company that has three employees in in they rely on you to do the work, they may not be able to afford you um, while they wait. Um, but if you go to a company that has 10, 11,000 employees, they may be able to absorb you in that company, provide you with some legitimate work to do while you wait for your security clearance. And here's a huge question. Can you work from home in a position that requires a security clearance? Absolutely. So the way this works is, again, um, you can be a clear defense contractor with um, work authorized at your business. And that business can be your home or you can be a cleared employee teleworking at home with your home approved by um, used to be the Defense Security Services, DSS. Now it's uh, it's the Defense Counterintelligence and Security Agency, Mm -hmm. DCSA. And so they have oversight over cleared defense contractors on behalf of the Department of Defense. And so they go and do the audits and the investigations. And yes, it is possible to get approved to do this work at home as long as you can show that you're segregated and you can prevent classified information from being released to unauthorized people. So it is possible. There is hope. And so for the mill spouses listening, your strategy here is to get your foot in the door with an organization who can provide that security clearance or who can accept the security clearance you already have and then work your way into a remote role. Because I will be honest with you, Government contracting, it's hard to just find telework positions that are just out there that start telework. Uh, The best strategy, in my opinion, to pursue is try something on site, maybe local to your military base where you're stationed, and then do a stellar job and pitch yourself to go remote when you're approaching that PCS. Yeah, and I'm telling you, um, I've seen people taken at risk and that come in with no military experience no security clearance experience, but they have that one of a kind skill or even talent or even personality that you know they're going to get the job done. And you do everything within your power to bring that person on because they're going to shake it up and they're going to make things happen where where the other employees are not able to do so. So absolutely, it's worth hiring people at risk if they have the talent, the drive, and, and, and the goals. Thank you so much for that piece of wisdom. All right, Jeff, what else do we need to share with our military spouse community? And, you know, we're really also talking to business owners who are affiliated with the workforce. So uh, I know that we do work with some some contracting organizations, government contracting organizations. What do you have to say to them about 
security clearances and remote team members? Security clearances and remote team members. Well, here's a, here's a really good one. For smaller companies, I mentioned there is a position called the facility security officer, and they are responsible for building a security program to protect classified information. Um, that person has to be designated. They have to be assigned. But in most cases, in larger companies, you have this security manager. That's all they do. Mm-hmm. But in smaller companies, it's the COO, CFO, it's the chief operating officer or or the program manager that has to do their full-time job plus the administrative job of the facility security officer. And it is hard. And there are requirements, there are training requirements. Even though you might have a remote force that does not do classified work on a day-to-day basis, but they have security clearances and you still have a responsibility to train them. And there is required training annually. Well, a new, a new person has to come in. And when a newly cleared person comes in, they have to be given the security awareness training. And every year after that, that security awareness training has to be uh, provided again. And on top of that, there's derivative classifier information training that is required every two years for employees who work with classified information. Mm -hmm. And then there's also the insider threat training that has to be done. Mm -hmm. And, and so one of the things that might be a struggle is training this virtual workforce. If they're at home, you can't bring them in. A lot of times FSOs allow, for example, if you have employees that work on site at another location, they can be trained by that organization. Mm-hmm. But if they're all at home or at remote offices, how do you provide that training? And so that's one of the challenges that I'm trying to meet with um, online training classes or downloadable training that they can download and present or email to their employees. So I'm doing this because these FSOs who are FSOs, but that's not their full-time job, still have to find out or come up with this training that's adequate, document the training, and provide it to the DCSA when they come to do their audit. So tell us about the courses uh, you offer and your book. Okay. Well, they're they're all on... um, at redbikepublishing.com. And if you go to redbikepublishing.com slash security, um, I have some videos there and some sample training. Um, these, again, um, the training covers all of those areas we talked about, especially um, I have training for security managers who want to learn more about NISPOM. Mm-hmm. It's a 25-hour course. And what's NISPOM? NISPOM is the National Industrial Security Program Operating Manual. And it comes down from the DOD and tells clear defense contractors, it gives them guidelines mm-hmm. on how to uh, protect classified information. Okay. All right. Thank you for sharing that just for your listeners who may not know. And in, and so, you know, the book Insider's Guide to Security Clearances is one of the many books that I do have on this on the topic. And again, those can be found at redbikepublishing.com slash security. Redbikepublishing.com slash security. Yes. Thank you for that. I appreciate you let me be able to talk about that. But No, I think that's important. What you have to offer is definitely a specialized 
product and service, and it, it's something that we should all be cognizant of. And I like that you offer the courses for employers and your insider's guide to security clearances for team members who maybe want to put their security clearance to use or learn how to maintain it or learn how to achieve one. Yes, thank you. I appreciate that. I'm always thinking of of, of of the next thing and who can I reach with this message? Yeah. Well, where else can we find you, Jeff? I do have a podcast called DOD Secure, and it's on all the uh, podcast channels, D-O-D-S-E-C-U-R-E, and that's a great place to find me. <laughs> yeah, I was. we just recorded an episode right before this one for DOD Secure, so Jeff brought me on as a guest for that that podcast. I'm very excited about the information I was able to share. It's a very informative show. I cannot wait to get that published for my audience. That's amazing. They, they will love it. Oh, thanks, Jeff. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time to be on our show. It was a pleasure. Thanks, Kimber. It was awesome being here. Awesome interviewing with you and catching back up after these this last month. I know. It's been a crazy 30 days. It's been a little, I guess, six weeks now. It's been a crazy yep. six weeks, but it, I'm glad that we finally did this. Uh, is there anything else you want to share before we sign off today? I, I will tell you if, if you are... Um, interested in getting your security clearance and getting one of these jobs that pay on average 15% more, go for it. Don't worry about um, your history. Let the process worry about that. There are ways to get your security clearances, um, but you shouldn't have to make that determination yourself. Go through the process if that's what your dream and your goals are doing. Don't let anything stop you or anybody stop you from that. Absolutely. Thank you so much. All right, listeners, this has been another amazing episode of VertForce. Signing off, this is Kimber. All right, VertForce, that is it for this episode. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe, rate our podcast, and leave us a review. We really love hearing from you. If you need to find the show notes, which include all of the resources we discussed in this episode, you can find those at vertforce.us. Guys, I'm serious when I say we want to hear from you. If you have an idea for an episode or a question, email us at support at vertforce.us. As a reminder, all content associated with the Vertforce podcast is the intellectual property of Vertforce LLC. All right, catch you next week.